0: Welcome back. This is the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Brad. As I was training this week, I've been noticing a lot of safety issues with other cyclists and some runners. So today, I wanted to dedicate this episode, episode number two, to some bike safety. So I'm going to go through some laws and some basic safety for bicycle safety. I know a lot of you out there that cycle a lot probably have heard this, but you know what? every once in a while it's good to hear a review of it and there might be some things that you didn't learn i witnessed about five bicycle accidents in the last year not all of them with automobiles but enough for me to feel like maybe i just can help by just giving a few suggestions to help people stay safe out there you know whether you're riding for recreation or for training there are a few traffic codes that are similar wherever you might ride most of these are you know pretty much common sense A bicycle is a vehicle and the Department of Transportation considers it one. So most rules of the road for cars carry over to bikes as well. In other words, you know, you want to drive on the right side of the road, at least if you're here in USA, and you want to make sure that you are on the side. So my rule, number one, ride on the right side of the road, okay? Wherever you ride, you'll ride with traffic, not against it. Now, on paved trails and even dirt roads, we follow the same rule, right? So if everybody follows the same rules, then we're going to really reduce the risk of anybody getting into some kind of collision. When you're on the road, you know, stay as close to the curb as possible. And, of course, use the bike lanes if they're available or use paved shoulders if, you know, if they're clear of debris. Okay, so number two, in Florida, cyclists are not, I repeat, not allowed to ride two abreast according to the Florida Department of Transportation Regulation 316.2065. This does not include roads where there is a bike lane and it's wide enough for you to safely accommodate two or more riders. Now there are states out there where not only riding two abreast is legal but the cyclists can ride in the right lane in the same fashion as an automobile. You know, check the state traffic laws before doing so. But there are definitely states out there. Number three, always wear a helmet. Florida Department of Traffic, bike regulations state that a rider under the age of 16 is required to wear a helmet. But in this day and age, I would suggest never ride without a helmet. I mean, if you're out there training for a challenge anyway, the... Race regulations are going to require that you wear a helmet. Definitely USAT, that's uh, United States of America Triathlon, they require at all times you're wearing a helmet. And also USA Cycling also requires you wearing a helmet. So you might as well wear one while you're out there anyway. I mean, let's save our heads out there, okay? Um, Number four, when passing, always pass on the left, no matter what. If we remain uniform, then there's not going to be any surprises. Basically, what I'm saying is that if you're always passing on the left, then people always know that you're going to be around on the left. So if you stay to the right, people pass on the left, then we always know that. But the minute that you deviate and start trying to pass on the right, which is a no-no, then that's where we have collisions and problems, right? So it's also, when you go to pass, it's also highly suggested and courteous and ethical to call out on your left. So you say on your left when you're passing, and you want to do this before you come upon them, not as you're on their left. And they look over at you, they scream, they, and then they end up, you know, rolling out into a ditch or something. So basically when you're behind them, you want to yell out, hey, I'm coming up on your left. Doing this, you know, it'll notify the other cyclists, and if done so in enough time, it'll keep them from making any sudden jerks or moves to the left with any kind of possible collisions. All right, so on your left. Number five, use lights for nighttime, dusk, or dawn, or inclement weather situations. It's highly suggested that a rear red light is also used. Now, a rear red light can be used either on the bike, or there are some helmets out there that actually have a red light. Foreshadowing! Yes, there's going to be some things coming up. So, uh, you know, something at the end that might be you know, worth waiting for uh, a review. So just hang on. So number five is use lights at nighttime or dusk or dawn, you know, inclement weather. FYI, in 2012, Florida passed an amendment that states that a bicycle can use a blinking light. You know, this will help distinguish the cyclist from motor vehicle. So if you're wearing a biking light, you know, a blinking light, they might actually realize that you're a cyclist, which which they'll be a little bit more careful. Number six When riding on a group, here are some verbal and some hand signals that might make your ride safer, less stressed, and a lot more fun. So when you see a car coming towards you, you can yell, car up. Car up, meaning that it's coming up from from you and they're coming towards you. And if you've been riding any kind of groups, most people will know this. When a car is coming from behind you, you wanna call up car back. So car back coming from back of you, car up coming from the front of you. All right. Now, when you're starting to come to an intersection or a stop sign, you can call out slowing or stopping. You know, especially if you know you're going to stop, you'll say stopping or breaking. What you also can do is take your fist, put it behind your back, and that'll kind of tell people, hey, I'm stopping. So if you're in a crowded situation or if you're in a loud, if you're in a loud situation, you know, a lot of wind or something like that, if you put your hand behind your back, the person people, the people in back of you will realize that they're stopping. Remember that you keep sending these signals back. Right. So before I keep going on, so someone says car up, then you repeat it, you know, especially if you're not the last person in the group. So the first person in the group will yell car up, then all of a sudden it'll, go, it'll send it all the way back. So car up, car up, car up, car up. This tells the whole group that there's a car up. Um, same thing with all of your signals, right? So we have car up, car back, slowing, stopping, or braking. Okay? Next, crossing railroad tracks. Now these are little known signals, but they will help if you can teach your group um, some different signals. So if you've got railroad tracks, you can yell tracks. Or you can make a sweeping motion. So what you'll do is you'll take your hand behind your back with two fingers and you kind of just like sweep them, you know, just kind of sweep in the back. And that tells people, you know, the tracks are coming up. If you see a bump in the middle of the road, like a speed bump or there's a, a fault in the road, tap your helmet. Just, you know, take the take your palm and tap the top of your helmet. Um, and that will send that back and people knowing that, hey, there's a bump coming up. When seeing debris or major differences in the pavement, you just point to it. A lot of times this gets missed. Uh, A lot of people, they're not as comfortable riding with one hand, so they don't point. So if you can, always try to point when you see something coming up. Okay, if you see debris uh, or major differences in the pavement, you you point to it. But for water or other major gravel, what you can do is... When you see it coming up or as you're passing it, what you can do is put your hand straight down with your palm facing the ground of where it is and just kind of shake it. And that's just kind of move your wrist back and forth, allowing your palm to sweep, right? And that will show that there's some water or some gravel or something like that. You can always, you know, you can call it out, but it at least gives the people in back of you knowing what it is. We talked about crossing an intersection, as you're crossing the intersection, now, remember, we're talking about groups here. So if you're the last one in the group, then you want to yell, rolling. You know, people, you're coming across the intersection, and they're slowing, 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 and then you get across the intersection, and you say, rolling. And this tells the people in the front of the group that the whole group is now past the intersection, and that'll help with, especially if you're doing a no-drop ride, or you want to keep keep track of all your riders, that, hey, We all made it. We all made it past the intersection. So it's going. And sometimes what you'll end up doing is you'll slow, right? You'll hear the slowing, 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 slowing as you're crossing the intersection. And then you hear the last person, they'll say rolling. And this tells the people up in the front that, okay, if we're doing speed intervals or you're doing the next interval or you're slowed down from your pacing, that they can go back to their normal pacing because everybody made it past the intersection. There's probably a few more, but these are just the most popular ones in my experience. So the ones that I've at least experienced more in my tenure on riding with groups. So number seven, the two parts of your bike that a rider should always pay attention to are your tires and your chain. If you take care of your tires and your chain and you complete, you inspect it and you take care of them, then you really reduce the amount of risk when you're out on a ride. The other parts of your bike most of the time are taken care of by a bike shop. Most of the time, that's what I do. But the two things that I always take care of are my tires and my chain. So as far as that, always make sure that you've got enough air in your tires and inspect them prior to every ride. You know, so there might be some like small faults in them. Maybe maybe a small little, maybe not a slice, but a small puncture or there might be a small little tear that hasn't gotten to the inner tube for riding on clinchers then you know you might want to either replace it or you, at least you know that that's there or you can if you don't have a tire you could take a dollar bill take off the tire put a dollar bill where that where that slot is and then you can go ahead and ride i would usually only state that if you are already riding and get a flat. But in the worst case scenario, if you've got that little tiny little puncture wound, but you hasn't got to the inner tube yet, you can put either a dollar bill or sometimes if you use goo, um, an empty goo packet, you slide that right where the where it is and you can go ahead and ride. Um, and at least it'll keep the inner tube safe at, that, at least at that juncture. But most of the time I would say, if you found it, just change your tires. And I always keep an extra set of tires in my car so in case I, as I'm inspecting I see it I can make those changes or I'll check it out the night before a big ride make sure that my tires are good to go and if I've got to change them at least I've got a lot more time and I'm not hindering the rest of the ride because I'm changing you know a tire right before we're ready to go. At a minimum always bring a spare tube and a couple of CO2 cartridges an inflator and a tire level with you for every, every and every ride so we know that you've got a spare tube right which is make sure that's fits for your bike when you go out and buy it ask if you don't know 700 cc's or if you're doing some mountain biking then it might be a different um spare tube but always make sure that you've got a spare tube then the co2 cartridges with the inflator so that if you're out and about and you're not near any any gas stations where they might have a pump that you can go ahead and and, and inflate your tires at least until you can get back um, remember that co2 has smaller molecules than regular air or nitrogen so it's not a permanent solution so after you've gotten through your ride with the co2 make sure that you pump it up with regular air those molecules will not permeate the membrane of the tire so co2's got a slot smaller molecule and it'll it'll go ahead and 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 per and uh after a while it will permeate it and your tire will go flat so that remember always bring spare tube co2 cartridges Inflator, tire lever. You can always get a tire lever. A lot of times, people use tire levers as swag, um, so you can kind of give them that way. If you're riding on tubeless tires, then make sure that you bring the suggested brand of sealant plus inflation. So a lot of the sealant out there has inflation built in, and then there's sometimes where the sealant goes in, and then you've got to use the CO2 cartridges. So make sure that you are at least have enough for one tire when you go out there. Alright, so the next thing that you want to be wary about is the chain. Your chain just, you want to make sure that it's not spreading, you know, so if you find any hesitations in your chain, then I would probably just go take that to the bike shop. But in order to prevent those hesitations, which is a stretching of the chain, you want to make sure that your chain is clean of dirt and that it's lubed correctly. After I'm done with a ride, I always take the chain and I, I wipe it down. or there's brushes out there that you can get the dirt off of it, so you can use a brush. And then you want to reapply, depending on the chain lube you use. There's plenty of chain lubes out there. There's some dry chain lube, which comes in a spray. But that you want to almost do every time you ride. There's also some wax chain lube, which will last like two or three, four rides. The nice thing about the wax is it doesn't come off very quickly, so you can kind of like wipe down the, the dirt without having to reapply the lube. But every once in a while, you're going to want to really get in there and you can use a degreaser and you can run the chain through it and then relube it or take it to your bike shop when you're ready for, you know, a, a tune-up or something. But a lot of times they make this gadget where you can put degreaser in it and then run the chain through it um, by circling it backwards and it degreases the chain. And at that point you can degrease it completely, but then you've got to apply more lube, right? But it also will clean it. So if your tires and your chain are taken care of, most of the problems can be averted and it can, it can be prevented. Obviously, you know, as with regular wear and tear on your bike, you know, there's always gonna be some situations that will go over and above the chain or the tires. But most of the time, if you take care of your chain and your tires, you can prevent a lot of problems when you get on your ride. And of course, then the ride's a lot more fun, right? So finally, as far as the safety issues come, Keep alert to your surroundings. Be ready to make adjustments. When my dad taught me how to drive, he continuously reminded me that not only did I have to drive my car, but all the others as well. You know, so basically, what can all of the others' cars do, whether, they're, whether it's good or bad, whether it's the right or the wrong thing, and keep awareness right so in other words you want to start thinking about the different ways that all the other vehicles all the other bikes all the other pedestrians can deviate and make sure that you have a way to adjust takes a little while to get this to thinking it but it saved me more times than i can count so in other words you know you're you're riding on the right side of the road everything's fine you, you hear car back now you know that that car back right is coming up and it's coming up on on the left side of you that's not a problem but now that driver could be on his on his phone and he can make a little bit of a jar to the right which you're right there so what I'm always doing is if I know that car is coming up and I know it's coming up in my lane that I've always got my eye on the left side and I know that all right if that thing makes a small little bit of a of an adjustment and it comes towards me I've got a way out You know, it's constantly in my in my head. If I'm riding in a group, I see somebody in front of me and somebody, and then there's somebody in back of me. I know that if I break hard, that person in back of me is going to hit me. If the person in front of me breaks hard, I'm going to crash into them. So that person in front of me, I want to make sure that I can deviate to the left or to the right, and know that if they break hard, I can immediately come on to, the, to come on to the left of them I would prefer to come on the left of them but in an emergency situation you can go you know if you have to go to the right you can go to the right but in an emergency situation I can go to the left that allows me to make sure that not only will I not get hit but the person in back of me won't get hit either so I'm constantly making sure that that, that lane is clear and that I know that I can adjust that way in a group ride so those are those little ways to go ahead and make sure that you're safe out there You know, like I said, driving all the other cars and all the other bikes, it takes a little while, you know, it takes a little while, but start thinking about it. You know, as you're going out on a group ride, where is the adjustment that I can make in an emergency situation and have that in your head? That is, that is my seven rules for safety. We are going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from our sponsors and then we're going to come back and I'm going to talk to you a little bit about something special. Here's a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast is brought to you by my favorite bike shop, Outspoken Bicycles. Serving the community with the top cycling maintenance, fitting, and customer service professionals, Outspoken is the bike shop for anyone from the occasional rider to the elite mountain, road, or triathlon athlete. Providing bikes and accessories from the top manufacturers like Giant, Felt, and Specialized, Outspoken Bicycles can fulfill all of your cycling needs outspoken bicycles here in south tampa clearwater florida or at www.outspoken.net again that's www.outspoken.net since we're talking about safety i think it's appropriate to go ahead and we can review this new helmet that i just received it's pretty cool i gotta tell you so let me tell you about it it's called a coros omni that's coros omni I'll put some pictures in the show notes so you can see what it looks like, but it is really cool. I'm actually, I'm totally in love with it and I, I enjoy wearing it. This helmet is not only lightweight and comfortable, but it has some great technological features for all of us, you know, geeks out there. The first is that there's integrated lights in the back of the helmet, you know, like we talked about in the safety part of the podcast These are red lights that that flash and and they can be enabled so that you can be seen, you know, in limited visibility. There is an auto selection that will assess the light level and turn it on and off as you need it. So there's no more waiting for, oh, well, hey, it's lighter now. I can turn them off. They actually have an auto selection. And when it gets too light and it knows that the helmet realizes that, hey, you know what? No one's going to be able to see those red lights anyway. Just turn it off. The other cool part about this helmet is that on the straps, there's a bone conduction headphone. Yeah. I'm sure you've heard of some of these bone conduction headphones where the headphone sits on the cheekbones and then it radiates and vibrates the sound into the cheekbones, which automatically go into your ears. What this does is it leaves your ears free for ambient sounds. So I can be listening to the radio. My ears are free, so I can hear traffic. I can hear people talking to me. I've actually had a full-on conversation with the phones on because my ears were free. So that just tells you about, hey, now I can listen to some music or I can listen to podcasts or whatever and still be safe. Um, It connects to your phone via Bluetooth. And it can, you know, like I said, it can play music or you can even take phone calls. Now, the coolest part about this, and I haven't had a chance to really try it yet, but I'm I'm going to, but the microphone is in the forehead. So the nice thing about the microphone being in the forehead of the helmet is that you don't hear all that wind. So again, I haven't had a chance to try it out yet, but what I understand is that it's a lot clearer because where the mic is placed, where it's not in the wind direction, so it's not hearing all of that wind. Um, But I haven't heard from my, you know, anybody else on the other side of the road. So on the other side of the mic yet. Um, But that by far is not a reason not to uh, get this helmet. The other awesome thing about this helmet, it comes with a remote that can be attached to your bars. Now that's pretty cool. So you can skip, you can raise and lower the volume. You can turn the light on and off, but you can do it from your bars, So you're not like fiddling and trying to find, you know, you don't have to take your your hands off the bars in order to uh, tap your phones, tap your your earphones. Now, I don't know about the rest of you. I actually have a a pair of bone conduction headphones that I used when I was when I was uh, riding without this helmet and I loved them. But I still had to tap the side, so I would re- take my, my hand off the bars. Not that I was too worried about that, but it sure makes it super convenient when I don't have to realize that. So with this remote, you can actually take calls. You can, like I said, you can um, raise and lower the volume. You can skip the track. You can do all that great stuff, but you can do it from the bars, which makes it super, super safe. That is basically the Coros Omni. Now there's a couple different colors and you can find them at Koros.com. That's C-O-R-O-S.com. By the way, I, I'm not getting paid for this. I, I I'm not a I'm not endorsing Koros. I'm just telling you about a really cool helmet that I got. So Koros doesn't even know that I'm but I'm putting this out there, but I wanted to put a review out there for this because if you do get to see it um because it's reasonably priced too i think it's like 200 dollars, where some of the helmets out there now are in the threes and the fours and this is a really good helmet both for mountain biking and for road biking it's aero and it's lightweight there are a couple of cons and there's the only thing i can see about them is first of all uh it takes a little bit to find the strap tightness in order to get those bone conduction pieces where you need them now there's some levers underneath that helps keep them in place whenever you have them but sometimes you need a little the strap a little bit tighter and you might have it a little bit tighter than you usually like in order to get those things exactly next to your bones so depending on your face uh your face shape and length and uh width that it might be take you a little bit longer in order to get those straps put configured exactly the way you want also the bone conduction headphone is it's not meant for like super high fidelity sound so if you're critical about clarity and quality of the sound yeah this is experience is going to be much inferior i think it's basically there for you know just so you can listen to something so you're not bored and then of course so you can take phone calls if you're one of those super people that need to take phone calls while you're on the bike but it's not the super clear super high fidelity sound that you're used to hearing if you have like bows or any of those great Uh, beats headphones just remember that usat usa cycling events prohibit the use of a phone and music so obviously you know i still wear my ruby wingspan for competition Um, i'm not going to wear this one because it just you know first of all doesn't do anything for me um, in competition but for long rides you know it adds a little bit to the experience when you're especially if you're out there alone I do really enjoy using the Coros Omni. So again, check it out. Coros.com. C-O-R-O-S.com. Well, that wraps it up for another episode of the Inner Fire Endurance Sports Podcast. Please feel free to subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcasts. Uh, if, If it is not on your choice of application that where you usually listen to your podcast, please leave a comment on the show notes page or contact me at the contact page at innerfireendurance.com. And, uh, maybe I can, you know, find a way to get this podcast on your choice of application. Have a great week, everybody ride safe. And I will talk to you next week.